you believe there's such a thing as soul singing? Well, soul singing, I think, I think the, the wrong interpretation of the word is, has been gotten, it's been changed so many times. But I think singing with soul, I mean, singing with soul, if you sing with soul, with feeling, you're a soul singer. For instance, again, people uh, label, I guess, you know, for instance, because you're black, you're a soul singer, you know. Uh, Johnny Mathis sings with soul, you know, and I feel that Frank Sinatra sings with soul. The Beatles, I think, uh, sing with soul. Paul and John, you know. people sing soul automatically, it comes naturally with white people, perhaps have to copy black. There's a kind of music, for instance, which originates from the church, the gospel church. Music originates from the church in a different way. So we've all been influenced in a sense by uh, the church. funny that we haven't actually sort of bumped into each other more isn't it right i think because i i i i, I bailed on the uk pretty much I, I, I hate to put it like that but I, you know i left in what like eight, 89 yeah and i was in japan for before that for for quite a while mm. for you know a few months like almost a year i think in mm. japan so so like you know 80 say 87 to to now I've pretty much been outside the country so original member of the Wild Bunch right Bristol years yeah got out before all that stuff started going where it went right well yeah in terms of you know the six yeah. you know, things what's happening now and, mm. and then 
Japan at that time, I mean, actually, funnily enough, I was talking to somebody about Bristol the other day because one club that's still open, mm. which uh, I haven't, I mean, it was the first time I ever played in Bristol was mm. the Thekla. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I was thinking that had quite a big, that had quite a big impact. You know, it's just been around throughout all these mad changes over the years and it's yeah. still there there's not that many clubs like that yeah nuts man Fekla. it's it's kind of like I always wanted to play on it because for the novelty of playing on a ship you mm. know what I'm saying back in those days yeah. you didn't really get that much you know people playing on ships and stuff but and someone told me that because it's in water yeah. there's a certain um, it's better for the sound your for resonance some, and stuff. Yeah. yeah yeah it does sound good in there mm. a little bit you know what I mean for you know I'm, I'm not going to trash on a system but you know but yeah it does sound pretty pretty yeah. good so you've basically travelled around the world um, Japan obviously spent a whole heap of time in the States right in New York yeah that's your home that's where I live yeah I've been living there for 21 years now, yeah. yeah and uh, you know your influence and your um, iconic status to a degree in the sense that you know people talk about you with you know wide-eyed and Milo and big influence and all that and and in a strange way this is after all those years the first proper album you're finishing have you done any album I've done album under DJ Milo before for, oh, okay. for, but that was only for release in Japan yeah under a, a label called Dimid right that that was um yeah that was called Sun Toucher that was I think that was like 2000 2000 I can't even remember now 2003 maybe mm. And I remember that I thought that you had stuff on Major Force. Yeah, I did stuff on Major Force as well. You know, yeah, Hiroshi and Kudo. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Did a few remixes for those guys as well. So we should play a couple of bits from that era. Actually, I'd like to hear some of that anyway. So yeah. is there a track that we should play from from um, from that time? From the Major Force. Yeah. Um, that you still like? Well, I think I like the Orchids track, but I can't forget. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. The Crazy Sleeve. Yeah, man. What was the name of the... There were so many tracks that he did. That was a remix, right? I don't think it was... The, the original version he did was, was was heavy. And that's with you. I, I didn't... I, well, oh, you're no. just talking about yeah. listening to something no, no, I did from back then. Yeah, yeah. Some, oh, okay. I did something for Takagi Kan called... I did a thing, track called Homesick and uh, Hip Hip Folk as well. Oh, 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 oh,
Tagaki yeah. Kane actually first person that I bumped into my, on my first trip to Japan yeah. he was there it was 1988 I yeah. think or 87 mm. and he was there when we arrived in Shibuya and he was wearing all his kind of uh, it was the uh, Vivian's no, yeah, it was a no. He was basically um, the Japanese Run DMC. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> meets Flavor Flav. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. That was a, that was a good time, man. An Funny bloke, man. I tell you, yeah. absolutely hilarious yeah. dude. I tell you, yeah, wicked, wicked yeah. man. Wicked what time. is it? I mean, yeah. What was it? What is it about? I mean, obviously, Japan's had quite an influence on you. Um, you can't not have it. Oh right? no, not not. No, what is yeah. it that makes it so? Why was it? Why is it like that? I think it's because, personally, from my observations, and I'm, I'm not any fucking, I'm not any like psychoanalyst or anything like that. But I just think there's just like a, it's just a, a certain quality that it, quality that they have and that they that they they're used to. That's that's basically ingrained in them from from time from you know way back that wants them to have the best. And wants them to have the best of everything. So w- whenever you go there, it's just like, like even when I went there initially, the first time with like say Nana and the Buffalo guys for, from the Face magazine, it's just like I was just blown away by the amount of tunes that was in that country that we never had in in the UK. And I thought I always thought the UK was just like the number one outside of New York for the hip hop scene. And there was tunes in there like Smurf Across the Surf and I was like and I almost fainted seeing that shit seeing that over there. Do you know what I'm saying? In in Japan, because I just thought, what? Wait a minute. These these guys are supposed to be behind us, do you know what I mean? But they're ahead of us. They had the Wild Style tour just finished playing over there when I was over there. And it was just like it was incredible. And it's just like and you just walk around for a bit, you know, even way back in eighty four, and you just thought, this place is 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 it's crazy they just got everything the best clothes the best sneakers mm. I mean it's just it's just beyond man I'll tell you and it's always been like that and it's got even even more so how often do you go there now? Um, in the last I, I've, I've been there you know a few times in the last like five years but I've always been going back and forth mm. from, from the time I left mm. uh, the UK since 89 Mm. And what were the clubs that you first played at back in the day? Because you mentioned a couple, and I remember they sort of Bank. Bank. Yeah. Bank was a good. Was a, was yeah. that was my regular. That was, I had like a regular stint in Bank. Did Wigan do his art there? Mark Mark Wigan. Yeah, Mark yeah, Wigan. yeah. That's funny you say that because I just played in Manchester and somebody mentioned Mark Wigan. An old friend of mine mentioned Mark Wigan. I said, "Flipping, I haven't heard of that guy from for years." Yeah. And he did a venue called Picasso's. Right? That's right, Picasso yeah. in Roppongi, yeah. I think, or, that was or my first Nishiyazabu or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he opened up that club in uh, Wardour Street, or just down the road from the Wag Club. I can't remember what he called it now, but that was a mental place. Yeah, he's yeah. a sort of quietly unassuming. He's a nice guy. I, I only met him fleetingly, but he was a nice guy when I met him. Mm. Real, real mm. gent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Bank. Cool. And there was there's Tools Bar. Back then, really good little club down there. Oh man, what else was there? Gold, gold, gold. That that was a. I think that was a large club. I don't think I played. What was it Cave? I think there was a place called Cave was, yeah. or yeah. something like that. What would you have been playing then? Around the time of Major Force and Kantakagi and all. That? I played a bunch of stuff. I played. I'd be playing like a lot of the wild pitched hip hop stuff, hip hop from that era, and then I'd go into some. You know, a lot of the the Derek May. And that transmat stuff, 
pretty much mid- you know fingers and uh, you know go for all that lot. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Which is kind of quite odd because in a way that was what made you a little bit different in the sense that you were playing bouncing from hip hop to underground house music. Right. Yeah. I, I guess so, but that's that's just what I love. Do yeah. I mean, I can't. You know, what I mean, it's hard to hold back. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like you. You don't. You you don't hold back on what you like, mm. just because it's a, a genre. So yeah, you moved to New York. Yeah, which came when and what made you eighty nine go there? Well, basically, initially it was because uh, we were op- we opened uh, me and my wife opened a small exporting company to exporting um, records and clothing to Japan. 
and um, and that was basically it. And, and plus, at that time, I, I thought you know what I wanted to do musically wasn't really gonna fit to what was happening in the UK at that time. Do you know what I'm saying? So I just thought the two things just made it like quite a, a, a sensible move at that point in time. And New York in '89, rough, 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 rough. Where were you living? I was. I lived in. Um, originally lived in, in in Gramercy. Then we moved it to uh, the Alphabet City. You know, wicked place. Loads of soul. Do you know what I mean? All over the place down there. But uh, you know, just got to. <laughs> it was wild back then. Wild back then. It was pre, it was pre Giuliani and all that that mess. But. Um, it's such a dilemma with New York because it's become this safe haven in one way and yeah. very very conservative and very just flat and yeah. creatively not what LA has become. Um, but um, those days was obviously you know had pretty heavy edge and oh, yeah. but the best clubs that was oh, yeah. the best place in the world to be at the yeah, time, right? Man. Definitely wicked wicked stuff. I mean, I can't even name, I can't even list the clubs back then. Better days and. Um, what is it later on it was Sound Factory Bar there was World there was Mars there was oh man there was loads of clubs um, and how much were you DJing I actually I wasn't DJing at, at all you know I, I really wasn't I wasn't really looking to DJ mm. do you know what I'm saying I was I was kind of really busy with the work pretty much and I was doing like you know trying to perfect my game in, in, in terms of pr- producing by myself right because every other time it's been like working with people who knew how to w- operate things and stuff and I was just really you know getting that together do you know what I'm saying and that's how I gravitated into you know my first releases were basically things I could do myself put out myself which was the first Nature Boy stuff mm. which was around about ni- 92 and you know around that area <laughs> Life everlasting, offered by ourselves, Lord and Master, and all things in my circumference. Lord Jamal makes a difference. I have no tolerance for black ignorance. I keep striving, driving, cause I'm driven. By the force of a law, the true and living. Dream of the planet Earth, God of the universe. The first soul, black like coal. That's how old is no set birth record. The devil couldn't check it, even if he wants to check it. The Nubians wreck it, all will respect it, so I think we're going to end with knowledge. Raise the thinking, erase 
that the black man sees. The literacy rules are showing cartoons in school. The way in the staff, and I don't understand the math. Now the way the system works, the black man can get the punches up the family and neutralize men like wards of a state. Do what one attended Dan and Mora. The welfare system can't create a black horror. And now some people need the money where others they can manage. But doing this to take away the cash from disadvantage in the long list grows more dependency grows. This creates a cipher, but a cipher unequal. This is the wrong circle that contains a black. Line of thought. I got a million books and a school in the fort in the room. With three great teachers, got the seal made it clear. It's also a great feature. So beware, devil man. The days of purchase almost over. The army's on the range. You think it's kind of strange. New begins is in the picture. Armageddon's gonna hit you. I'm trying to remember back to some of those clubs because, of course, this was the golden age of, well, sort of Zanzibar. Zanzibar, I used to go to there with Frank Mendez from New Groove. I used to, he took me over there. Wicked, wicked, wicked club. Wicked club. I never went to that. I remember Norman Jay always talking to me about that. I was a regular at the Sound Factory Bar. That was when Sound I was Factory in New Bar, York, yeah. I was in there. And Red Zone. Uh, yeah, oh, Red Zone was. That was Morales, right? That's right, yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, no, that's it. That, and then there, that, there was, there was the, the, the early new music seminars were in. That's right. News music seminars. There was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and hip hop then was great, right? Oh, I mean, man, that's, New York was definitely winning. It was the best, man. I'll tell you, best times. What was the hip hop records artist that most signifies New York to you from that era? From that era, definitely, um, Nine Hundred Number. That was a, that was a banger. And then New York had all the, the the brand Nubian stuff, which was killer stuff to me, best and. Uh, what else is there? You know, obviously the EPMD and, and you know, some of the Ice Cube and, and some of the stuff from LA started filtering and then like uh, Cypress Hill and... Um, NWA. NWA. But yeah. I'm thinking of um, Ice Cube. Ice Cube, Ice yeah. Cube stuff started. Yeah. He was really banging. Yeah. I remember at a seminar one day and he just lit, lit the stage up. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. You can never imagine that before that. Is it that 
give you a sad story and you give him cash You start macking and macking and you're sucking Quick to say, I'm down on my luck And you give him a dollar or a quarter and he's on his way Then you see a sorry ass the next day Are you the one getting played like a sucker? Or do you say, get a job, motherfucker? Every day, the story gets better He's wearing dirty pants and a funky ass sweater He claims he wants to get something to eat But every day you find yourself getting beat He gets your money and he run across the street Don't look both ways cause he's in a daze And almost get his ass hit for the crap Now ask yourself, who's the man? Back to the album. Sure. So, yeah, New York, many years. I got a first new track from you, I think it was a year ago, or it felt like a year, year and a half ago, which came from Jazzy Sport. Okay, yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, and uh, and now you're on a British-owned, American-based new record label, right? That's right. Golf Channel. So tell us about what made you want to go back in and finally make that record after quite a long break, I suppose. Um, well, <clears throat> I think what it was is that I, I, I did play a couple of, of times in, 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 in New York and I played with Phil at a night he used to run called the No, no Ordinary Monkey. Phil South. Phil South, that's right, yeah. And um, and he's always said, like, you know, if you, you, you get back to, you know, making some stuff, uh, as you know, under you know, Nature Boy, I was back in '92. Basically, if you get you know doing that stuff again, you send some stuff through, you know, because I'm going to start a label and and, and, you know, and all that stuff. So I think so. I just sent him. I sent him and and, and I knew Taro because of my first album when he used to work with File Records in Japan. And Taro runs Jazzy Sport, of course. And so I contacted those two guys, you know what I'm saying, with, with the new material. And they and they liked it, so it just went from there. So the new material, how long have you been making that for? Is this a... It's a couple of years now. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been stuff that I've, been, I've, been, I've worked on in, before actually releasing it in... in you know, I, I, I shelve it after a, a couple of years or whatever, go back to it, and then maybe shelve it again and come back. It's just loads of old material, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just... Just redoing it as you get new equipment. Just you know. And how long does it normally take you to, to do a, a cut? Ages. Are you a real ages. perfectionist? Well, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a perfectionist because it's it, what what you're probably going to hit listen to is not really perfect. That's why I named the album Return of the Savage because it's like a, a savage approach to, to, to production. Pretty but much. that's but there's a perfection but it, it to that. It still right? takes me a long time, regardless. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It takes me a long time to do tricks. Yeah. I mean, I'm he- I'm hearing a, a, quite a big Detroit vibe going on here as well. Somehow, I don't know. I'm feeling I'm feeling a sort of Detroit in the sense of New Detroit, Theo Parish, Omar S. These people. Mm, well, actually, I, the stuff I did back in '92 is pretty much similar to what I'm doing now. And back then, those guys weren't around. Into my ear, mm. I mean, from when I was playing in New York, when I was buying records in Downtown Records, I wasn't hearing those guys. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I knew Carl Craig, and he asked me to do a remix for him back then. But um, I didn't know. I would say more, more my influence were, were basically put up really the the the, uh, the older disco shit. I was in stuff like um, Patrick Adams, 
you know what I mean? And maybe, maybe in a more modern sense, like um, like Joe R. Lewis, you know him from Chicago, and uh, and like Todd Terry, really. Guys like that, mm. you know what I mean? I got familiar with those guys. Those those other guys were doing like impeccable stuff as well. Later, do you know what I mean? Like Theo and, and those guys, but um, they didn't really have any influence on what I do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's interesting. Still buying records? Do you still go record shops and or old, old for old stuff? Yeah. yeah. What are you looking for? What what excites you? What, what is? I don't want to give too much. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not, no, I'm joking. What kind of box? When it's got a label on the box in a in a record fair, what, what where do you head towards? Where do you uh, um, find yourself? These going? days, is if they got a new wave box, I get head straight there for old stuff that I used to listen to back in the sevens. Twelves, pretty much. I'm talking like you know, like eighty-one. You know, things around that area. Then then I'll go to the 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 you know the the really the the European seventies disco stuff, maybe. You know what I mean? 
soundtracks. Pretty much it right now, area. Still enjoy that smell of old records. You know what? I, 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 every time I go into a store, I always I kind of black out and I think, dude, I'll go through these records again, man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not something I really enjoy doing, yeah. but it's 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 necessary. It's necessary. But have no, you yeah. kept your records? Do you? Oh yeah, yeah. Everything. You've everything. Kept, I'm so a hoarder, B. I don't let nothing go. Everything. My place is a mess. I got storage. None of that's going. Flipping tapes all over the place yeah. of shows. Tapes of shows. Oh yeah. From, like what? You know Humphreys and uh, uh, all the W Better stuff. Um, stretch arm. Every almost every Stretch Armstrong show back from back in the day. Um, deeper than disco. You know with DJ True and that stuff. And, yeah, just things like that. New York.
What was the record shop? What is the record shop in New York right now? Because I remember dance tracks being quite a good shop. That was, yeah, I was gutted when that one. I do not know. I think when it comes to new vinyl, <clears throat> I'm guessing the, 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 the spot in Brooklyn. Yeah, I don't even know the name of it. Um, the in, in near Williamsburg, I think. That name's gone. And then you got the place in app called Halcyon, I think. You do a lot of new, newer, you know, up tempo stuff, I think, pretty much. You got other music, they got some stuff. Yeah. And then you got the turntable lab, they do a lot of stuff. That's in, that's in Manhattan. Mm. New Groove, you mentioned New Groove. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a buy from Frank nice guy they Fantastic. were they were yeah that was DJ Smash was part of that was he part of that Burrell Brothers Burrell Brothers yeah. yeah yeah yeah. that was a crucial record label just oh, pre Strictly yeah. Rhythm yeah that's right and uh, very left field yeah yeah they did a lot of good stuff yeah. wicked stuff which tracks we played from Transport or from uh, New Groove wow um, maybe Burrell Brothers right yeah I think it's got to definitely be one of those guys yeah Burrell Brothers Whatever happened to them? Do they exist? I remember Frank always telling me that they really wanted to do R&B. You know, pretty much. And, you know, the, the, the house was kind of like a side thing for them that they really wanted to be R&B stars, mm. you know. And I was like, wow. But it's wicked, you know, going to the office and they just breezing and they'd be just talking normal. To me, I'd be like, wow. You know what I mean? These guys are like... Do you know what I mean? I'd be like... Another one that I remember who made some great music, but he sort of dropped out a little bit was Pal Joey. Yeah, wicked man. Yeah, that's some good stuff right there. Yeah, that's some ages timeless stuff, Pal Joey. Mm. Yeah, loved that production. Yeah. Yeah, on the offbeat. Yeah, yeah, wicked nice. That's some serious party tunes right there. You've got to move to that.
are you gonna be DJing for? Like I said, I came from I come from I came from the, the ghetto, and my 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 family run blues dances and sound systems in Bristol. So that's where I'm going. 70, 80 years old, as long as it as long as it is. Do you know what I'm saying? And it, it probably won't be like DJing, like going around, but I'd have my own little setup, own little system, own little venue somewhere, and just just tumping out. Same way. Good to speak to you. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Thank you.
Thank you.